The I Am Independent podcast with Loretta and Bianca. Stories, advice and discussions to resource, encourage and support independent music artists. Hi guys, welcome to this week's podcast and today we're talking to a producer. Um, his name is Wild, well his real name is, name is Paul, so we're going to be calling him Paul. And he has had a really great career so far. He started off as a drummer um, and then he remixed um, people's songs for a long time and now he is a producer in his own right, producing songs that he wants to produce. And it's been interesting talking to him about his journey, how his career, how he has got to a place where he can be sustainable and that is like the thing how do we sustain our career through the seasons and um some of his ups and downs um with mental health and the, and also those moments where he wanted to give up and how he um, worked through that and came out on the other side so um we hope this is um helpful for producers and artists alike artists and you know and how to approach a producer and how to work with them so sit back and listen to this one Welcome to the I Am Independent podcast. Uh, We've really enjoyed bringing you stories and tips and advice from industry advisors uh, and also insiders and also lots of artists. Um, We haven't had so many producers. We've had a few tips for you and we always think it's great for you to hear from all different aspects. And a producer that we've been following, that we really admire how uh, he's treated artists actually. He's got a very particular approach and how he holds other people's art. We're going to hear about that as well. But also in terms of his focus and how he's developed his own career, been very transparent about the hard things as well as the successes as well. And uh, you're going to love uh, his approach and his music as well. He's known by Wild. Uh, we're going to call him Paul. Paul, uh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's so great to have you on and we are really excited to hear about your journey. We know a bit, but we really want to introduce your journey to our audience. So maybe um, just tell us a bit about how you started in music. Um, mm. why, do you, why, why did you choose music and not, you know, astro <laughs> um, So I, <laughs> I grew up in Guernsey in... Um, which is like a tiny little island in the Channel Islands. Everyone knows Jersey. Uh, we get left behind, which is unfortunate. But um, <laughs> Is it like the so, Solange to the Beyonce oh, Jersey? Yeah, Jersey yeah but do you know what Solange, man? She's carved out a niche Guernsey. Yeah. Listen. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we're Guernsey. So we, um, I grew up there, and uh, from the age of three, my parents kind of noticed I had, like, rhythm, so I would sit in front of the TV and, uh, like play along to this Fleetwood Mac tape. Um, mm. They noticed I had rhythm, and then they decided that they uh, would take me to like a friend of theirs who was a drum teacher, a drum teacher, and he uh, basically was like, "Oh, it's just a waste of time. What should we invest in this?" And he was like, "No, no, you should probably go for it." So from the age of three to twelve, I think I had drum lessons, but wow. during that time, I had like percussion lessons, which during that you learn like tune instruments so like the xylophone and marimba and that kind of helps you pick up piano because you just put three of the notes together and that makes a chord so I learned taught myself how to play piano over some time and then my mum had an acoustic guitar lying around so she taught me some chords on that and uh, when I was kind of growing up with all of this stuff YouTube was becoming a more of a thing Um, so there's lots of like tutorials on how to do 
like play these instruments so like very basic guitar ones and piano ones and bass ones so that's kind of how I started learning stuff so I had drum lessons but everything else is kind of self-taught it's quite an, an interesting um merge from a drummer to a producer just tell us about how that happened did you dabble in other instruments or how did you start to to want to get into producing music uh so, so uh i grew up in in church so in a with a christian family and uh we used to go to these festivals a lot um and these festivals they would uh, have the musicians do like um uh a, kind of like a seminar type thing and where they would show you how they do stuff and how they play in certain settings and during this one of the guys was showing how they run their backing tracks uh, they did a thing called they used a thing called ableton um, and this was like in 2012 probably earlier than that so 2010 maybe um, so ableton was kind of just a thing that was starting off so it's in very early versions and just so explain had, Ableton. Most musicians probably have a basic knowledge of that, but just what what is Ableton? Ableton is like um, uh, some software like Logic or GarageBand mm. in which um, it, you can make music through it, but it's yeah. also very good for live settings where there's kind of like two versions you can switch between of like a production setting and a live setting. Um, so it's very good at running backing tracks and also making backing tracks, which is kind of how I started doing stuff. So... When I heard about this Ableton thing, I was like, oh, I need to find out more. So I went and grabbed a copy of it, uh, and a friend of mine grabbed a copy as well, and we started messing around making stuff. Um, but nothing really serious until, I don't know, about five years ago when I started kind of trying to make my own stuff um, and seeing what would happen with that. So do you still drum over you? Do you feel, are you still a drummer, or do you still enjoy that craft? For, it, mm. as it, for itself or is it in production really like feeds your creativity yeah they serve like different purposes to me mm. I think like drumming is still like my first love yeah. like just generally love drumming um, I like hitting things hard and loud and fast <laughs> so that's great um, <laughs> and then uh, I, the neighbours love it um, <laughs> they tell me all the time um, <laughs> they uh, so yeah like I, I help teach at music school so I teach drums to other people now because um, it's kind of like a nice little first full circle mm. Um, I still drum, I still session drums for people, I MD now, um, so I kind of like combine the two now. I think what's uh, one of the things I've been excited to chat to you about on on the podcast, Paul, is you've actually dabbled in so many different sides of a independent of what's out there for an independent artist. So you've been a, a drummer, you've been a musician, um, you you've been a producer, you've done MD, and you've done live. But mm. one of the and things teach. that and and teaching as well, yeah, so <laughs> pretty much ticked all the boxes of the possible yeah. things. Um, I've completed being an independent artist. <laughs> you yeah. really yeah. have. Level you've ten. <laughs> But it's interesting because sometimes those things as an independent artist come initially out of necessity, don't they, for survival mm. in terms of for making money and being able to pay the bills. But sometimes, and I think as is the case of you a lot, it's also been a, a real hunger to learn as much as you can and, and to, to hone um, your, your skills. Um, mm. Would you say that that's important for most independent artists to make sure that they're well-rounded in in all of those areas because sometimes we can just stick to one genre whereas you've worked and particularly in your production which we'll get on to with so many different genres how important is it to be a good all-rounder or versus just you know staying in your lane and focusing mm. on just that yeah i think it is kind of important there was a thing where um 
someone said oh if you don't un- if you don't like a genre of music you probably don't understand it mm-hmm. um and for me that was kind of like i took that and was like oh actually yeah that might be a thing so i started to try and understand more music genres um and i don't like if you're just like in terms of being well-rounded and everything like it i didn't i started off not really liking teaching like i didn't really like it my personality to kind of like i think kind of clashed with it um i'm kind of impatient so trying to teach someone how to do a drum beat for 45 minutes and they're still not getting it it's like (laughs) something that's like wearing me out and um so for me i've just been trying to make myself sustainable and um many ways of doing that like how do we make spotify streaming income sustainable how do we make um how do we make other bits and pieces sustainable like okay teaching is like a day a week job so that means that i will regularly get money for that um well let's build up the spotify streams um in a way that means that every month we can pretty much see what's going to come in and you know that will add to that and then do little bits and jobs around it to make sure that you know it's kind of like tops it up um so I kind of aim to have stuff sustainable rather than try and do one big thing and then that fall away and then you're kind of back at square one again trying to find the next big job and then fall away again. And That's I suppose great. being well-rounded within music mm-hmm. kind of helps with that because it just opens up your options a bit more. You don't necessarily have to be good at all of it, but if you understand it and know what certain artists wants, especially if you're, session, if you're going to be a session musician, I think you really do need to be well-rounded with stuff and be really adaptable. Mm. Um, that way you'll open up way more jobs. So like growing up, I used to be in a metal band, a pop band, a jazz band, an orchestra, played in musicals and all this sort of stuff. And obviously growing up, you're not really going, oh, what can I do? Like, oh, I'll do all this stuff so that in the future it will help me. I just wanted to do it. Yeah. I just wanted to play. So I suppose all that stuff that I've done in the past has helped me now um but it definitely wasn't a conscious thought process when mm. i was 10 playing in a musical <laughs> <laughs> um, i would love to dig into that sustainability thought um a bit more because i think mm. that'd be really helpful for artists because what you was talking about you know about really looking sort of taking a step back and looking at the things that you do and how what the things you need to do to be able to be sustainable and and often the, the work it takes to maybe make a single you know put it out promote that well you then mm-hmm. you're then like oh I'm tired I need a break and you think that you can have a break but you can't but it's not necessarily putting your all your eggs it's not that you can't have a break but if you don't put mm-hmm. all your eggs into that basket but you're like okay I've got all these other things to sustain then maybe if you you know do the single and then you know now you need to look at the other things mm-hmm. just how did you get to the place of thinking sustainably like you I, I imagine you wasn't thinking that way before and then you learned from that and just explain that and then really yeah talk about that a bit mm. more. I think like um it, the thought of trying to make such sustainable happened like probably a year and a half ago just because mm. there was a lot of stuff going on where you know we've had laptops break uh mm. recently so now it's like oh well okay great the beginning of this year I, I killed two laptops and by making things sustainable like the money coming in was still enough to pay all my bills uh but wasn't necessarily enough to like buy a new mac so then we but i had time to figure it out whereas two years ago when you know you weren't getting work in 
and you're trying to find work if you've got all the equipment to do it you're kind of a bit like oh okay i need to sort this stuff out now so i think like i'm really lucky because i get to work with a load of people that are for me so those what what tends to happen now is um when i first moved i try and like i have a lot of thoughts going around in my head so i'm trying to like (laughs) constructively put it into a sentence um (laughs) So when I first started, like I, I met a guy called Stephen. Um, he has really helped me uh, understand all this sort of stuff, and he's someone that has brought me to understand how a lot of how this industry works. Um, he is really good at promoting music, and uh, he runs a channel on YouTube uh, called Good Christian Music Blog. Um, a lot of what I do gets put out into that sphere of, of music. So. Uh, when we started talking and when he started supporting me just by posting music on the YouTube channel, we had more of a conversation of what would it look like if we worked together. Um, and he started off, like, he he basically now handles all my music publishing. So um, when I put a, music, a song out, he'll upload it to stuff. He'll help with marketing as well. And that kind of takes some of the weight off me. So when you were saying before of, like, oh, you got to do one single, then the next single, then the next single... Um, one of the thoughts of being sustainable was, okay, how can I get people to help me out and work with me um, in a way that's one, sustainable for me money-wise, but also uh, they actually want to work with me and they want to see me do well because you've got to kind of think about it in the long term of Stephen, who helps me, is probably not getting paid enough to do what he does, but he knows that if he carries on doing it within three or four years, it will pay off. Mm. Same with the person that helps me now do PR stuff. They, they get nothing, but they genuinely believe in what I'm doing and what I'm trying to do. So now they're like, great, I'll take a hit because I've, I've, you know, I've got loads of other paying clients that are paying me more money anyway. So you're my project. So let's go. Let's push this forward. And I mean, I had a chat with them on Saturday and I regularly try and make sure that I'm, um, you know, they're happy. And I'm like, <clears throat> my conversation with them was, I is our deal still okay for you I realize that I'm not paying you a lot of money you're working with like what would seem bigger artists um are you still happy with this and they're like yeah we're fine let's carry on going unless you want to change it like I'm happy with it and I'm like okay fine cool like um I, I used to do my own design work and now I found a designer that I pay um he was someone that was very much like not creatively fulfilled in his work and in uh, other places and How did so you find now, him? Sorry? How did you find him? <laughs> so I did a gig in Bradford and he was also, he was in the crowds and we just got chatting mm. um, in like the green room. Um, and he said he was doing design stuff, but he also sings and, uh, at their church. And um, I was, we just got chatting and then over time I was like, we, we from chatting more I found out that he was kind of a bit like wanting to do more creative stuff and so in terms of being sustainable, all I have to do is focus on making music now. And like recently, I've just got an accountant so you can do all the business stuff. I'm dyslexic. I make the joke that because I'm a drummer, all I need to do is count to four. Um, <laughs> anything higher than that, I'm stuffed. Um, so like it's just trying to take a lot of stuff off me and give it to other people. And that was kind of the first thing that someone said to me when I moved to the UK and do all this sort of stuff. Like, don't be afraid of letting other people into your thing because that's the only way you're going to make it grow and be sustainable. I'm so glad that you've said that because one of the things we often say at I Am Independent is how important it is to build your team and that sometimes Mm. uh, independent artists think you need to look for 
a manager that's got all these big artists or a PR Mm -hmm. company that's, you know, smashing it. But actually, the most important thing you'll find in terms of getting people who are good and and loyal to you is exactly what you've just explained, is that people who get it and believe in you. And those can be people who have done very little before, but you just recognise that Mm -hmm. they're talented. And I wonder if from this we could move on to how you've approached some of your collaborations, because I think it's it's fair to say uh, some of the, the turning points in your career and the success particularly in recent years has been some really careful uh, and clever and great collaborations with artists and you the approach you've just spoken about um selecting your team in terms of management mm-hmm. and pr it's it's kind of a similar approach when you've appro- um, found artists is, is that fair to say uh yeah and i suppose it's kind of switched a little bit so my team want the best for me uh and we will do pretty much anything to make sure that my stuff does well um and so when i work with other people that's what i want to bring to them is that actually like first and foremost i'm a fan of what they do so and that that kind of changes your pool of people um it means it becomes wider but also a bit more like narrower at the same time it's like i'm trying to find people that i can be fans of um, but it narrows it down to who I want to work with because I don't really want to work with someone that I don't really like their music um, or I don't really want to work with someone who is a big artist because because they've got numbers. Um, I tend to find people that I just, I don't know, like I, that I like and then it's it's a lot easier for me to then work with them because I go I approach them as like, oh, I'm a fan, so I really want to make this good. Like I want to make sure this is a good song because I like their stuff. And I'd be annoyed if they didn't like it. Um, so I've selected people that, first and foremost, I'm a fan of. So therefore, um, my working relationship is coming from a place of, I really like what you do and I want to help you. Uh, but also, it, it has to be from a relationship point of view. Like, um, we are really clear from the get-go of like, okay, if we're going to do a song together, like it's a 50-50 split straight away. Um, we're even I'm not going to take more money just because I'm bigger or I'm not going to take less money because you're bigger like we'll just do it 50-50 therefore we're both invested into this song equally um, if you want to do contracts you want to do deposits or whatever that's fine um, I'll go with that uh, and so we'll kind of just do it that way um, there's some people that I've messaged that I'm a fan of and then you know they turn out to be rubbish people and you're kind of like oh I don't really want to do anything with you now um, wow. that's kind of how the selection process works so just tell us literally how you've contacted people we've had a lot of questions recently about artists wanting to collaborate with people uh, and either being afraid of the response or not knowing how to do that or perhaps selecting people who they think the best people to approach would be the person who's the big name. Um, mm. what, what's your slant on that? And how do you um, literally do it? Because I know you collaborate with people all over the world yeah. and produce some great music. And you seem to be great at picking artists who are, are just about to break as well. So how, how does that work? Uh, I just DM them on Instagram, generally, uh, or I email them. Um, and we'll always start off with... Um, like oh I've, i found your music and i love it um i would love to know if there's any way we could work together in the future um and just by doing that you you've that way of approaching people you've gone there's no like your intention is oh, i do want to work with you but i do actually like what you're doing 
Um, but you're not putting any pressure, like any time pressure on it. There's some people that I see that would be like, I've got this song, I'd love you to be on it. And I'm like, if I got that as an artist, then I'd be like, what? and I listen to it and I don't like it. Then I'm like, oh, I don't know. I would just leave that, say. Or, you know, as soon as someone goes, oh, I've got this thing, can you be on it? And then give a time scale, then you're way less inclined to be answering that. Um, or really like taking the time to do it. So I approach as a fan first of like, I really love what you're doing. Um, I'd love to know if you want to work together in the future. Here's my stuff if you want to listen to it. Um, and that way of doing stuff it, in general can start like spark conversation. Um, Cause then it, without sounding too big headed, like I know my stuff quality wise is good enough to match what they're doing. And I know that in general, when I'm approaching someone, it's because I want to merge our styles together. And that's what I do with all the other like collaborations. So if they go onto my page and listen to my music, they can see that, oh, such and such artist used to, was a, well, say, for example, Elizabeth Harder is like uh, an acoustic folk singer or folk singer-songwriter. Uh, and you've done a song with her and it sounds great. And you've actually done three songs with her and all of them sound completely different. Oh, that's interesting. Um, you kind of spark conversation at that point but i think in terms of like someone who's only kind of doing one style like just find people that you're fans of um it doesn't matter what their numbers are and in general people that have lower numbers are probably more willing to do something anyway and are sometimes probably better than the bigger number people um <laughs> Just a quick reminder that we have a growing library of really useful videos on our YouTube page, including interviews with artists and music industry insiders sharing their experience and expertise. Search IAMA on YouTube or visit our website www.iamindependent.co.uk. <laughs> what tips would you so, give for artists um, working with um, producers, um, be it for a remix or even just working on a on a track together, like from an artist perspective, what what would be sort of some best practice advice? Yeah, like what what do you hate? Like yeah. I hate it when artists do that, and what do you love? And you're like, I love it when an artist does that yeah. or approaches it in that way. I hate it when people say, "Oh man, I've got this really great song that I think you'd be great at," because I know ninety-nine percent of the time it's going to be awful, uh, <laughs> and I don't want to hear it. Um, so, like, generally, like, I, I message, I always reply back to anyone who does anything, um, and try and do it in a nice way. So, if it is like a terrible song that you know, I'm just like, "Hey, sorry, like, this probably isn't for me, but like, keep doing what you're doing. Can I help you in any way? Like, get your stuff out there. Is there anyone else that you want to work with? Maybe I've got connections that I can, you know, get you into somewhere else or find someone else that you could work with who's probably more on your level. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> so uh, there's recently someone that messaged me, or I, I kind of helped mentor one producer and I teamed him up with another singer songwriter. I was already producing for the singer-songwriter, but I was like, oh, let's try and bring you up into more of the production world, so let's try and get you to produce for them. So I kind of like try and pair those types of people up. Um, <clears throat> and then I think it's just coming from a place of like, I generally just like talking to people anyway, I suppose. Um, mm -hmm. I'm an introvert, but talking to people over Instagram is a bit easier. Um, <laughs> I don't have to <laughs> FaceTime or anything like that. Um, 
but I mean, some guy, a guy that I'd never met before added me on, on Facebook. Uh, he had a few mutual friends, but I messaged him going, oh, sorry, have, I, have we met before? And he was like, oh, no, I just love your stuff and would love to know if you could help me in any way. And I was like, okay, cool. There's no, like, because you're not setting expectations then. Yeah. Mm. It's like, how can you help me in some way? And I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll see if I can help you in any way. Mm. Um, how do you work it out kinda, financially yeah. as well? And um, what is kind of... Uh, if, you, if, you, if someone approaches you or you approach them, um, what are, what are the kind of the general, um, yeah, ways that you work that? Um, it's it's all kind of like budget to budget. Um, okay, what does that mean? So I just figure out what they can actually afford. Right. Um, there's uh, most of the time people who are messaging me are just starting out. Mm-hmm. So then we would go okay well, what can you afford like are you working what money could you set aside every month to to do this i don't do any work for free i feel like i've had to invest into my music and mm-hmm. actually by me investing into it you actually care about it a lot more yeah. if i'm doing something for you for free then you're just gonna like probably overwork me one expect way too much um and if i'm doing it i'm for free i'm probably gonna hate it as well <laughs> um so as soon as like any sort of money goes down, I get scared because I know I have to deliver a product at that point. Um, so it makes me work. Uh, so I just kind of figure out what budget they've got and we'll figure out something in the middle of where I would be at to where they would be at um, and help them try and invest into it. But I would also on the back of that, like ask if they would need help with how to put stuff out. So I'd show them how to release a song i'd show them how to use spotify to your advantage of like how to use playlists how to utilize um instagram and facebook and all this sort of stuff so i try and pass down a lot of my knowledge mm. to help them get further on with it um because mm. you know yeah, if they start making money from their music and they're going to pay me more so everything's mm. kind of like long-term vision mm. and can give us some of those tips so uh, in terms of spotify what are kind of your and the things that you usually do or the things that you think are important to do and then in terms of the socials and the other things what are some of the yeah so when we when we were first kind of starting um spotify didn't have as many tools as it does now in terms of like spotify for artists Mm. and all that stuff they've put in like you can pitch your song directly to to people um at spotify so we always do that um but in terms of getting started we found that like using third-party playlists um really helps um that means that users have created a playlist um normally around a genre or a feeling um so we'll take so i've got a song called carry me coming out it's kind of like chain smokers pop vibe um so when we take this song we would put it in the pop category and then we would look at okay let's see some user generated playlists so we've got maybe happy summer songs that would be one thing we would aim for um maybe pop uh pop songs um more edm electronic stuff as well so we try and categorize the song into a genre or a feeling and then you can use spotify just as a search engine so if you type in happy pop songs um then you'll get a load of playlists if you type in pop edm pop electronic whatever you just get loads of playlists um like popping up and the way we would contact them is just find their username and then see if they're on social media anywhere and then dm them um that's kind of how that we we would do that and you've got feedback from it in that well you've had success that way 
yeah we we've gotten to like a few like good size playlists doing that mm-hmm. and i think again with spotify like don't always aim for the ones with the biggest numbers mm-hmm. like in some cases it might even be better to be on a playlist with 5000 listen like 5000 followers as it is to be on one which has got 80000 listeners or followers um cuz the 5000 will probably be actually listening to it um then they'll be more invested into it see how regularly it gets updated if it gets updated regularly it'll probably be one a playlist that get, kind of gets cared about as well um so smaller playlists sometimes actually do you better and at building up a fan base but what you want to see on spotify's end is um use spotify for artists to see how you know things are performing in in playlists and you'll be able to see how many times a song has been played in that playlist and how many times it's been saved um and what you want is like people to be listening to your song and also saving it into their playlist mm. and listen to it again yeah <clears throat> so we we you want to balance it out of yeah it's getting put in playlists but also people are playing it again um and if you get those if those numbers are balancing well um we find it's about te- i think it's 10 percent is like where we're at so 10 percent of people that listen to my song through a playlist will save it um I don't know if that's good or bad, but I mean, it seems to be working at the moment. Um, so, <clears throat> and you make a, a steady income from your streaming now, Paul. Yeah. So the, it's like, I think the stat was a hundred thousand monthly listeners and 600,000 streams in a month would get you minimum wage. And a lot of people get scared by that. Um, and not try and work towards it and then complain that Spotify doesn't pay artists fairly. And I'm like, Oh, well, that's just a challenge to get there. Um, <laughs> and by, figuring out how to use Spotify playlists and how, how to do all that sort of stuff just really helps you with that. Um, so I think what was that, 100,000 monthly streams, did you say? 100,000 monthly listeners. 100,000 monthly listeners. And yeah. I think it's I think it's 600,000 streams or 300,000 streams. Right. It's one of those two numbers. Mm-hmm. I know there's a big difference, but mm-hmm. I can't remember which one it is. <laughs> yeah. But that means that like you would get like a minimum wage right. out of it. Interesting. But uh, in terms... So before when we were saying about making it sustainable my music income probably equates to like 50% of my income mm. and I've got you know the teaching thing other side jobs that I do like I've got experience in graphic design and photography and stuff you know you get those occasional ones and session music and whatnot all together means that every month I'm fine um yeah. so you, you it is it's a thing you have to work for but I mean to find like you know before you go to bed like if we're talking about I don't know, like grind culture, which I don't really believe in. But like, <laughs> if you want to be doing this sort of stuff before you go to bed, find three playlists and message them. Then mm. do that every night. Like it doesn't take long. Um, and we've just found a website that will do it for you called Spotty Match. Um, that will literally give you playlists that Spotify look at certain things within your song, so it'll analyze your song to see how danceable it is, how much speech is in it, how melodic it is is it happy sad whatever so this website will analyze it and tell you oh these playlists that users have created are a best match for you so go find those playlists and message those people uh, what is that wow. called spotty um, spotty match spotty yeah match. god bless those people who made that yeah right. oh yes we found <laughs> honestly we found it on monday and like it's thursday now and I've used, i'm like on every song or on random songs i'm like putting it into this thing to be like oh what happens if i put this grime song onto i don't know love songs let's see what was it like playlists it was <laughs> like suggest for this it's great Interesting. wow that's so cool 
I think um, just speaking to you, Paul, you, you've really applied your skills and clearly you're uh, a hard worker. Your your curiosity and your creativity and evolving yourself has, has gone a long way. But you've also been really transparent about the difficult times. And uh, I think you've told me before there's been two times in particular when you you absolutely felt like giving up and one of the things with I am independent we want to really support artists is is um in the difficult sides and particularly uh in recent years we've wanted to make sure that we are having the conversation around mental health for mm. artists as well and I just wondered if you would talk to us about perhaps your most difficult points and how you've got through those mm. yeah um I mean I mentioned it before, like, I really feel like this, the grind culture really doesn't help. Uh, it just, like, like, you just grind yourself to the ground, basically, and that's when, like, issues come up. And that's where I've, like, fallen before, where you think just because you're going to work 24 hours a day, seven days a week, like, constantly, like, you'll be successful if you just keep doing that. And actually just leads to so many issues. Like, so I've I've suffered with depression and stress and all this sort of stuff and anxiety, through doing similar stuff to that like but you know i've had i've had periods like a point two years ago where you're making no money and you're just like damn how are you gonna do this um and then suddenly one job comes in and you're fine but through that i i always feel like i needed something to 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 push into and like hold on to so with all my music like i said before like it's it's very christian orientated so i believe that through those periods of time, like I, I had God to rely on and he was very much like something, someone that I could go to and turn to, to be like, what's going on, what's happening. Mm. And through that time, like you learn new stuff about yourself and how to operate. And maybe there's stuff that you that is going on that you need to stop. Um, like in terms of, uh, like I said, things that I'm doing in life, like jobs or, um, things I'm aiming towards that is not right. Um, which was something that happened in, January of this year like I was doing quite a lot of stuff and actually um I killed two laptops um which is great <laughs> and the two Macs as well like you couldn't get any more expensive oh, um and uh and I realized that I you know I was doing way too much stuff uh and I needed to take a step back from some of it so through that time I managed to take a step back um and get rid of some of the stuff that I was doing and then refocus what I was going and moving on to a new bit um i think there's kind of like that whole myth around it um but actually like i realize that sometimes i suffer with depression and uh stress and anxiety um and a lot of the time it's just through me putting a lot of pressure on myself so yeah that's kind of how i dealt with it um there's there's so much stuff that you could say about it but like make sure you just look after yourself like that's the biggest thing like you know, during the week, Monday to Friday, in generally, in general, I'm kind of on all the time. Like you said, I work with a lot of people. So, you know, before I'm going to bed, I might be messaging someone in America or Australia or someone like that, having phone calls at nine o'clock at night. But as soon as it gets to the weekend, like Saturday and Sunday, I'm off. Like I, I'm switched off. I don't really do a lot. Um, I like watching Formula One. That's the way that I just switch off. Uh, it means that for over a weekend or when, you know, when it's on two hours a day I'm I'm switched off uh, I'm not thinking about anything I'm just watching you know some cars go around a track to most people um, <laughs> and and sport I'm like I've recently just started getting active and fit again um, and that's really helped as well and it's like make sure you're looking after yourself 
and setting boundaries for your work because ultimately if you're putting 100% in 100% of the time you're only going to sustain that for uh, for not that much whereas you know do 100% for five days a week and you know 25 30% on the weekends and uh, you'll you'll be able to put in like 100% more effectively over those five days because you switched off and you've you know you've had a rest and you'll find actually you'll probably stay in love with what you're doing more often as well because it's really easy to burn out on the work that you're doing so true that's so good thank thanks for being so transparent about that paul that's so helpful as well um i think just one final question i wanted to ask you about was on the subject of songwriting because i think mm. a lot of independent artists can feel a bit stuck if there's a part of the songwriting process that they're not good at or they don't you know, so they just think, well, how how can I do this? I this, you know, I I can only do this part. And uh, because I've spoken to you before, I know that for you, there's mm. definite areas of songwriting that you just say you, you can't do. So just tell us how you've got around that, because clearly you you've made a successful and sustainable career um, mm. out of well through collaboration. So how have you approached that? Yeah, I think um, I think over the journey of doing all this sort of stuff, you learn where your strengths and weaknesses are. Um, a weakness of mine is I can't write lyrics um, and that's fine um, I find the people that can um, so I, I approach songwriting in different ways like sometimes I'll write a backing track and I know what I want to write about or I'll have like a melody line in my head and I'll write a song around that but I'll always have to find someone else to come in and write the lyrics with me so that's where approaching collaborations really helps um, we're able to um, I'm able to approach like songwriters and singers and sometimes other producers as well to come in on stuff to add to it and try and merge two styles together um so that's kind of like a nice way of doing it um and it means you get something different every time as well so everything that gets put out isn't the same style or maybe the same genre you kind of get to mess around with a lot more stuff and surprise yourself and challenge yourself in new ways that's awesome thank you so much paul Thank right. you so much for um, sharing your journey and all the things that you've done. And um, we know you've got a single coming out soon, Carry Me. You do is different. So tell us a bit about this. Yeah. It's quite an eclectic collaboration. It's a very uh, <laughs> ambitious, really, in terms of the artist you've got on it. Mm. Yeah, and it all fell together, like, weirdly. Uh, I started writing the song with a guy called Sajin, and um, uh, he couldn't finish the song. He had to move on to like, another project. So then I approached someone else called uh, Montel Fish to see if he could write the second verse, but he only could really think of a bridge bit. Uh, and then <clears throat> I was like, I need a second verse from somewhere. Um, <laughs> approached another guy called Jake James, who I worked with beforehand, to be like, please, can you make me a second verse? That's all I need. Um, and he managed to write one and put it in. And then all together, it sounds like a song, which is good. Um, <laughs> which is So yeah, it's been about a year um in the making and just flinging this song to a lot of people to be like please write something to this i really need a verse or a bridge or something Do you know it reminds me of you know that game when you write the first line and you you fold it over and then pass yeah. it on and when you open it you've got this sometimes it turns out to be a really amazing story sometimes it's just yeah. weird but in this case it's turned out pretty amazing yeah and i suppose well, this is one of the ones where i knew what i wanted to say within a song so everyone was kind of writing off the same page so you kind of had a story but we had like a theme but not really anything else um so yeah it's worked out well i'm glad it's like I, I really like it it's I always feel weird when like an artist is like oh I really like this song uh, but like 
I like my own music, which is nice. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's important. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's good to hear about that because it's good to know that there's not just one way to songwrite. And uh, yeah, we're, we're all about collaboration here. So thank you so much for being our guest. We're going to be uh, championing you along the way. We'll put all your, your links uh, in our various social media pages as well, Paul. Um, and thank you so much yes. for your wisdom. Yes, thank you. Thank you for having me on. And don't forget to sign up to our mailing list where you'll receive a free 10-day guide especially designed to inspire and equip independent music artists with some really useful, practical and inspirational resources. Sign up at www.iamindependent.co.uk For more great content from I Am Independent, find us on social media at We Are Independent Artists. Check out our Spotify playlist for new music from independent artists. Search We Love Independent Music. Woo!